Hello, and welcome to the Dramatized Podcast. I'm Lisa Ellis. And I'm Allison Peachy. And today, we will be discussing episodes 11 and 12 of 2521, dare I say, two more immaculate episodes. They were pretty good, weren't they? I I think they were ex- I think 12 in particular was a fun time. There was just a, there was a lot that happened during 12. There was a lot that happened during 12. There was a lot that yeah. happened during 11, too. I mean... That's true. This show never stops. It really doesn't. It seems that there's something happening all the time in this drama. Which I would say <laughs> is a good thing. <laughs> that is a good thing. It's a very good thing. I like when things happen. I do, too. I feel like I have a lot to discuss. Like, just things happen things change you know (laughs) that's true i'm excited to talk about them there were some shake-ups for sure big time shake-ups my mind has changed oh your mind's changed it hasn't been a little bit yeah okay Okay. both okay both respectable yeah and we'll have four more episodes that's crazy to me that is really it's kind of sad like today i went and i scrolled down on netflix and i was looking at the episodes and i was like Oh, we're almost to the end. How sad. Yeah, that means this weekend is the finale. Yeah. Wow. I know. That's crazy. It really is. Well, hey, good news, though. If you guys are, if you are up to date on the episodes of the show, well, don't worry. We're a week behind, so you don't have to be sad just yet. You can still listen, <laughs> and we'll be, well, the week later, we'll be talking about it. <laughs> It's almost like you get an extra week of 25, 21. Yeah. We're like 25, 21 savings time. Yeah. <laughs> we're the rest of the world when we're already ahead. Exactly. We've already sprung forward and uh, everybody else not doing it yet. Exactly. <laughs> we're ignorant Americans to every extent. <laughs> Whew. All right. Oh boy. You ready? Hell yeah. We open in adult Hito's workshop, and it seems like she might be professionally some kind of woodworker, a carpenter, some kind, which is a fun tie-in. Hito is fixing these chairs, and Minche asks why she's fixing them, since they look so old, so gross. Those are disgusting chairs. Hito explains they're important to her. They have sentimental value. And we get a voiceover of Hito saying that her dad was good with his hands and that he made three chairs, one for each member of the family. We see the family sitting around a table and they're sitting in their little chairs, having a fun time, hanging out, being cute. But then her dad passes away. And although Hito and her mom still sit outside, Jae Kyung is occupied with work now. And eventually Hito is the only one who ends up using the chairs. And that's how she learned to be alone. We cut to see that she's hanging out on the beach with Yijin, stacking some shells, and she's telling all of this to him. She tells him that this is honestly more awkward for her, coming to the beach with friends, because she spent so much time alone. But it's really fun, actually. Also, did she not tell him about her dad passing away either? I guess Yijin she tells didn't. Her- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yijin's like, well, no, but like, <laughs> I kind of guessed because you mentioned him when you won the gold. And <laughs> like right off the bat, I'm already loving this contrast with Hito and Yijin. Like, we're already establishing a new parallel. Yeah. Like, he grew up surrounded by people, and then all of a sudden he was alone. And she grew up alone. And now all of a sudden and she's surrounded, surrounded by, people. by people. Yeah, and it's cute. And I think it's just another way their relationship works. And I think it also, like, kind of explains why Yijin is like, oh, yeah, okay, I love her. I recognize this feeling. And Hito is more like, what is happening? 
<laughs> it makes I've never, sense. I've never met people before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've only met chairs. I don't, I like, the chair part was really sad. Yes. Obviously. But also <laughs> there was just something really very comical to me about, like, I, the the craggy chair situation. Like, and this kept coming up. I, I don't know why. I really don't know why. You can, like, cut this out. No, I agree. Because I think there's something about, like, everyone looking at these chairs and being like, those are ugly chairs. Those are hideous. I hate these chairs. And it's like, they're just chairs. They're just yard chairs. I mean, I did look at them, like, later on in the episode when you get, like, a better view of the chairs. I was like, these are kind of ugly chairs. Aww. Like, I mean, this kind of... They felt like chairs that were... Made by a man who had a hobby that was woodworking and, frankly, wasn't very good at it. <laughs> I love that dimension, too, that it's like Hito thinks they're, like, the best chairs ever. And her dad is, and like, a pro-level is... <laughs> carpenter. And Jay King's just like, oh, nice job, sweetie. <laughs> These chairs. Great. That's um, I love that dimension of it. And I also kind of liked uh, the implication that maybe after passing away, Jay Kyung felt like she had to take on more work because maybe they were a single income household all of a sudden and they had to maintain their standard of life which i you would think would be high but they have these ugly chairs so maybe not <laughs> no i think that there's definite truth to that i think for sure and especially also as like a a single mother like a woman yeah. a working woman in the 90s yeah. like in, yeah in i mean news yeah i think yeah, we'll talk about that. I think she could have handled it like a thousand times better, but yeah, there's it's understandable. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. The moment is sweet and calm, but then Hito makes the stack of shells fall, and Yijin is like, "You lose, yes," and it is now his right to hit her, and he he does not hold back. All hell breaks loose after he hits her. Hito holds her forehead, screaming, Is this what you call love? And Yijin is laughing so hard, he falls off the platform they're on. And I kind of, like, I, I watched it, like, three times because I couldn't tell if it was intentional or not. And I kind of hope it wasn't. <laughs> and Hito, she's so mad, she starts chasing him around with a freaking rock trying to hit him. <laughs> and eventually we hear a scream off screen. And so we know she succeeds. <laughs> like you flacked me with with your stupid little hand now i'm going to murder you yeah (laughs) i love that that's like so hito is that she just stalks off and eugene's like this is hilarious and then she just turns around with a rock and he's like oh my god (laughs) this is the girl i love yep love hurts man this is how i'm like you know what he really and I guess he kind of says this in your episode but it's like you really you can't manipulate hito you really can't you can't control hito she's gonna fight (laughs) She is the Charlie Day of the situation. She's a fucking wild card. <laughs> she has a freaking wild card. Jiung has Mac energy 100%. That's that's what he is. It's like, you know, in it's always funny when Mac goes back to high school and he was like, I was a god in high school. Everyone worshipped me. And he's like, where are all my people? Come worship me. That is Jiung. <laughs> he is not popular. He thinks he's popular. That's really funny. And I guess... Everybody else is buying into it in this case. That's true. This episode <laughs> kind of proved that he really, he is the Jungle Prince. Yeah. This is a bit of a sidebar. Um, big, big saws about that. Oh, hold on. No, there were two Academy Awards jokes that I was going to make, and we've already passed one. That, oh, no. You know, it, it felt like maybe <laughs> this was, <laughs> this was the, the Chris Rock, Will Smith situation, eh? A. <laughs> 
Guys, I just want to make it clear that we are recording this like less than 24 hours after. So this is very, uh, this is a hot topic. This is a good joke. This is still very. a fresh joke. I know when this is going to be released in two days, people are already going to be tired of it. Uh, yeah, probably. But right now, that was hilarious. <laughs> but also, uh, I got on Twitter this morning and I was looking at all of the stuff on Twitter, as one does. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that was trending was Julia Fox, friend of the show, Julia Fox. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was just another, because she did her little Uncut Gems. Oh, yeah! <laughs> okay, okay. I was like, why do I know that name? Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Uh, and she was trending because she went to an after party or whatever as, as what happens at the Academy Awards. And uh, she had the awful makeup again, like that one time that Kanye did her makeup and people were like, ha ha ha, this is just like, it's always sunny. It is. She's the freaking nightman. (laughs) She looks like the nightman. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Yijin is saying goodbye to his family and he has to hide his forehead due to the giant welt that's growing there. He tells Yijin he better start studying. And then his mom starts crying about how they're getting used to saying goodbye when they all used to live together. And Yijin does his usual thing where he's like, I promise we're going to live together one day. I'll make it happen. And this is starting to scare me that this is going to be the thing that drives him and Hito apart. Like he's going to have to make that choice because they emphasize it so much that Yijin is, he's like, I'm going to bring my family back together. And (gasps) he's going to have to spend so much time with this sad, crying mother of his who's just crying at the drop of a hat, it seems. Yeah, it's like... I don't know. I can see like Hito goes off to some other team somewhere and he's like, I can't follow you. I have to stay with my family. I have to be close by. Yeah. Mm. Which like we love a family man, except we for do. in cases like this. But she's also your family. Yeah. Found family is important too. Oh, we love found family. We love found family. <laughs> On their way out, Yijin drops by his old faithful phone booth to leave a stack of quarters for the next poor soul. I know they're not really quarters, but whatever. <laughs> they look like quarters from the side. Yeah. I'm a Ma- I'm it. an American, damn it. <laughs> we have damn. quarters. We don't have any Korean money. No. No, Juan. Frankly, I don't even have quarters, but that's fine. That's besides the point. I don't either. I gave them all away yesterday. Oh, nice. So that a friend could do laundry. So magnanimous. Truly generous. Jiung asks about it, and Yijin vaguely explains. And the girls come up then, arguing, and Jiung uses this as a distraction to go pocket the coins for himself. Uh, also, just like the framing of this scene, I wanted to point it out. It's like beautiful. This scene, especially, there's like the ocean, there's the red car, the red phone booth, the trees. It was just a beautiful scene, and the gang agrees because they take a picture there. One last proof photo. The so colors were really pretty. It was gorgeous. It was very pretty. Back in the school hangout, Jiung has printed out a bunch of the photos and asks everyone to sign their names under the ones they want. Hito goes through them and just has a ball of a time. She's like cracking herself up and she signs up for almost all of them except for one of just her, which she cringes at. <laughs> she is, however, very quick to sign up for one of a pensive Yijin. <laughs> Cute. At practice, Coach Yang announces that the team will be spending the weekend at Sangai University for a training session. Yudim looks upset by this, and we flash back to see that Jiung invited her to the band's annual concert on Saturday, and she had promised to go. In the present, she complains to Hito about this, who immediately is like, yeah, this is unfair, this stupid coach, and Yudim is like, oh, you have plans too? And Hito says, no. I was just complaining for you, babe. 
<laughs> Solidarity, sweetheart. Yeah. Hito is the best hype man. There's a lot of fencing solidarity in, in yes. these two episodes. <laughs> there really is. In class, Sungwon is hard at work studying, and she wonders if there's any end to this. She's so sick of it. She looks around the classroom at all the sad and exhausted students. She puts her head down on her desk, facing Jiung, who is like, nice of you to join me, and asks if he's happy. He reveals that he's going to ask Yudum out during the concert, and Sungwon tells him this is a bad idea. Girls hate things like that. Jiung doesn't listen, the fool. But then Yudum pulls him aside, and she has to tell him that she's not able to go to the concert anymore. And Jiung puts on a brave face, and so does she, but they're both clearly very disappointed. Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand... Maybe this is, like, a cultural difference. I don't understand why he's making such... Like, they're basically already dating. I know. I know. That, I also have that question. Is, like, is this supposed to be sort of silly? Which I kind of think it is to a level. Yeah. That, like, he has, like, I have to officially I have confess. To ask officially ask you out. Yeah. yeah. When, like, you're already dating. You've already told her how you feel. She agrees. You both feel right. the same way. You both like each other. You're already dating. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it is so funny, like, contrasting their relationship with Hito and Yijin's, because mm -hmm. they're just so, like, oh, like, so, I'm so shy and just kind of smiling. Oh, hi. <laughs> like, it's so, like, teenager. It really is. <laughs> Two babies in a relationship. It really is. Like, yeah. they're cute, but it's, like, yeah, it kind of makes me not as invested, because yeah. I'm, like, yeah, they're just, they're just two little babies. They're just being silly. <laughs> Hito returns home and notices that the chairs her dad made are in bad shape. She goes inside and asks her mom about fixing the chairs. Jake Young is like, she just completely dismisses it, even saying the chairs are poorly made and it would be a waste of money. She eventually agrees to take them in and to go the day after tomorrow after work. Then she leaves. Hito sort of sighs, clearly upset her mom doesn't get the importance of the chairs, and she goes over to the calendar on the wall and on July 20th she writes, Anniversary of Dad's Passing. The fencing gals are running around during practice, and Hito and Yudim are just shooting the shit, talking about how they hate training and wish they could just run out the gate, ha ha. And then the girl in front of them, Yeji, she just she does that. She just she literally away just without does another it. word. <laughs> she goes there, and everybody is like, "That was weird." Uh, eventually, Hito and Yudim go after her, and they find Yeji frozen in the middle of traffic. <laughs> They, they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, well, it, like, I crossed too late and I just got stuck. <laughs> I couldn't go any further. Yeah. Like, she's like, I always fantasize just like you guys about going out and leaving. And so I just, I did it. The difference between you and me is I did it. No, Yeji's like really nice. I, the, the vibes of this scene, though, are just bizarre. Like, I know it's important for later, but when I was watching it, I was like, that was bizarre. And I have a bad feeling. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, is she going to? kill herself that's what i thought running out in the middle of traffic and just standing there yeah i was like are you mentally well I, clearly not like is everything okay between her and someone like i was like i i am so scared we're not gonna make it through this <laughs> yeah, i was like 1990s korean education system is really not the place to be it, i mean that is true we've we've learned that yeah like kudos to everybody big ups to everybody who made it through that because it seems really tough big ups we learned a lot of gaslighting. Yijin is back to editing the documentary at work. Jungkyuk comes in to say bye because he's returning to the local news. And he says he was blackmailed into going, which I was like, did I miss this? <laughs> yeah. I don't, 
I, I don't know. I guess funny. I'm like, gonna I'm gonna miss him. I know. Me too. I was like, why are they writing out Jung Hyuk at this point? Like, it's not like <laughs> did he get hired somewhere else? I don't know. It's so random. He's and going like, back to local. Yeah, and Yi Jin's like, I'm gonna miss you. And Jung Hyuk's like, don't call me. And Yi Jin's like, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I could call you anyway, Chief. Yeah. You are to me as Jung Jiung is also to me. I just made up a person. <laughs> No, Jungwoo's from NCT. <laughs> he's in this show. Are you sure he's not from NTC? Uh, that's the why National I got Training Center? See, he's joining NTC so he can join NCT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you gotta understand, man. It's all connected. It's all there. On their way home, Hito and Yudem briefly discuss the whole Yeji incident, but still kind of conclude it's just not their business. <laughs> Hito then asks Yudem about their past. She doesn't understand why Yudem was so mean. And I was like, that's a really good question. Yudem really is. Yudem kind of smiles and thinks about it, eventually admitting that Hido scared her and that she knew her from the start. Hido is shocked, and Yudem recounts how Hido absolutely crushed her at her first junior festival. This was when Hido became Yudem's rival. So then when Hido started dropping back in competitions and doing poorly, it felt like Yudem had unfinished business. Once Hido started doing poorly, Yudem felt super angry because she worked so hard for nothing. She felt like Hido wasn't trying. <laughs> and I am like so much more petty than Hido because I would have been like, yeah, that's when my dad died and he got me into fencing. So I was super <laughs> depressed. So you kind of suck. <laughs> but... Here I am, feeling bad about my dad dying all over again, and it's all your fault. Yeah, I know. It's like, I know. I know we're past it. And, like, I, I, I'm I, over it. I like Yudem. But it is funny that even now she's like, Hito, I was a jerk because you you were at fault. Because you stopped trying. <laughs> you gave up. It's your, it's your fault I was so mean. Yeah, and so I had to be mean because you stopped being good. <laughs> and Yudem's just like, mm-hmm, <laughs> makes sense. I did suck. And so, yeah, Yudem just, like, ruminated on that for 10 years and became a supervillain. <laughs> cool. She really did. Uh, the girls, they laugh about it and Hito, and how, like, Hito then showed up as Yudem's fan. And Hito is remarkably understanding, commenting how childhood memories really stick with you. But you're not scared of me anymore, right? Yudem readily admits that she is still scared. This takes Hito off guard and she says it feels weird because she isn't scared of Yudem. But I, I liked that because it feels very realistic mm-hmm. that Yudem's feelings toward Hito, the negative ones, they wouldn't just go away. She still has like yeah. the same insane pressure and they're still competing with each other. I just like, like, it seems like now she's able to deal with that and she's able to separate it. Like, yeah, it's not Hito's fault. Yeah. So it's all good. It's all good in my book. <laughs> I know you, you, you needed to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's all good in your book. Yeah. I'm glad that you've confirmed that. Yeah. I mean, whew. Yudem, rest easy, my girl. <laughs> Hido then meets up with Yijin at a fancy restaurant. They head inside and the host is immediately like, oh, welcome back, sir. This isn't Quebec, but please have a seat. That was for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I thought this part was so funny because she really comes to this fancy restaurant she comes to have dinner in her school uniform with her freaking track pants I underneath. I know. I was like, are you joking? <laughs> yeah, but also, like, I'm going to be honest. Yijin, part of you, that, like, you you need to tell the girl the dress code. You got to yeah. let the girlies know. 
You need to say, wear something nice. Don't wear your school uniform yeah. with your track pants underneath. It's not the vibe. It's not the vibe. Kind of makes me look like a creeper. Yeah, because you look like a baby who doesn't know how to get dressed. <laughs> and I look like your dad or something. Yeah, like your older brother, but your creepy uncle. He does, you know, she's she's got no shame. That's true. She doesn't. She's a, what is it? She's an anti-abortion shameless beggar. Anti-abortion shameless beggar. <laughs> we'll need to get Hito's thoughts on abortion next episode. <laughs> oh, that Miss K. That Miss K. Nothing, nothing ever makes me laugh as much as anti-abortion shameless beggar. Hito asks Yijin why he's buying her dinner. Isn't this place expensive? Yijin says yes, it is, but he's very grateful to her, so it's fine. Then he pulls out his business card and reveals to her he is an official sports reporter. Hito ah! is like, awesome, but were you already a reporter? And Eugene, he like doesn't want to explain, so he just says he got a raise. And Hito screams, congratulations! And the whole restaurant looks over. Everybody's like, ah, <laughs> Yeah, it was cute. They start giggling, and it was, which I, I, I said is cute again. Everything's cute. And Yijin says that since cute. he's in charge of fencing, he wanted to introduce himself to a top fencer. Plus, he wouldn't be where he was today without her. So eat up. Hito smiles and orders the most expensive thing on the menu. Course A. Ooh, A course. Or I think they call it A course. Yeah, she like leans back like, mm-hmm, bring me one of them. They eat and they have a nice time. Hito asks if Yijin came here often with his family. Yijin says yes, but not anymore. Still, it's nice to have memories, though, Hito tells him. She can't remember her dad's voice that well anymore, which is sad, but also kind of funny because it sort of felt like, mm, you think your life is sad? Think again. My dad's dead. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, you just don't get to eat steak anymore? My dad's dead. <laughs> She's always got to make it sad. But she wishes she had more memories of her dad so she could remember better. And Eugene comments that hearing that, he feels like this is a very special moment too. Hito agrees that it is. This will become a fond memory in the future. So stay alert and remember clearly. Eugene looks endeared, but is also like, I'm going to remember how you're ignoring my business card right now. <laughs> Hito huffs and slaps like, the- dude. We're like so far past the business right. card point. Is she supposed to be paying attention to the business card the entire meal? Is this American Psycho? What's going on? Did you want her to stick it in the pocket of her tracksuit underneath her skirt? What was she supposed to do with it? <laughs> Goes to the fancy restaurant, pulls up her skirt, <laughs> and sticks the business card in her track pants. Yeah. What do you want, man? Well, she compromises I by sticking it wanted. to her forehead. <laughs> Memory revised. <laughs> Which is cute. Like they're playing the game. Like they're playing that game. The yeah, the the one, the one you play when you can't play poker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then at Hito's insistence, they go to the stationery store to play this lucky draw game. They each get six chances, and Eugene goes first, super confident. But it's a bust. He goes again, and this time he gets a barrette, the cheapest item. They keep going, and things devolve quickly. A lot of busts, but eventually Eugene gets a pencil case. They're laughing and having a great time and just being dumb kids. And I love it. We even get a great scene of Yijin getting razzed at work for using the pencil case he won. <laughs> I thought that was that was funny. That little scene with the pencil case. And he was like, it's a pencil case. Yeah. And his coworkers are like, why does it look like baby? I love how yeah, the guy's like, let's congratulate him. And everybody's like, congratulations. <laughs> and, and I really, I love, I love those two scenes together because I love how they go from 
like this really fancy restaurant to just like goofing around in the store late <laughs> night. Like I think it's a really great yeah. way to show like why they work and kind of like going yeah. back to last time, like why I'm not bothered about their relationship and the age gap. It's like, cause it feels like they're both in the same place. They're, they're right on that edge of like youth and adult and they're on like slightly different sides, but they're still in that same bubble. And like, you can yeah. see how like Eugene's like, I'm going to take you to this fancy restaurant. But then she's like, well, let's go like have this, little childlike time and he's like hell yeah (laughs) around (laughs) yeah and i think these are both goofy goofy girls yeah and like they're like they're at this formal restaurant like actively trying to make a core memory and then they go they go to the stationery store and they're at like they clearly effortlessly are making one and like he has the pencil case and all that and it's just yeah it's just two dumb kids hanging out i love it (laughs) two dumb kids two dumb kids i support them we're back at school studying and the energy has gotten worse. Some kid literally just like stands up, screams and leaves. <laughs> Sungwon feels obligated to go check on him as the president. And in the hallway, she finds the same teacher who hit Jiung messing with some other kids. She cleverly interrupts the teacher asking him for help. And you can tell that she is absolutely disgusted by him. This teacher is such this a jerk teacher. I hate him so much. Yeah. You know what? Fuck this guy. I said it. Big agree. Big agree. Hito is on her way home and she sees the carpenter guy closing up shop and asks him to please stay open for another hour because she is going to come by with her mom to bring him something to fix. Elsewhere, Yijin runs into Jae Kyung outside of a restaurant. He's heading to the studio to watch the sports broadcast and she's having a team dinner and came outside for some air because she feels tipsy and she's kind of like just vibing. She is smashed. Yijin starts to leave, but comes back with a hangover buster drink. He says it's to thank her for letting Hito go on the beach trip. Jae Kyung takes it and tells him congrats on becoming a reporter. Was that always his dream? Yijin says he's not sure. I don't think not living your dream means you failed at life, and I don't think living your dream means you've succeeded either. I simply want to do well at my current job. And I had to say the quote because I loved it. Props to Yijin on that one. <laughs> Jae Kyung seems to agree, and Yijin asks what her dream is. Jae Kyung thinks about it. She wants the news to be interesting to watch, not just compared to the other stations, but everything that people not watching the news are doing. She wants them to stop what they're doing to watch the news. Jae Kyung stands there for another moment and then says she has to go back inside. Yijin watches her go, and he's like, she's so cool. <laughs> he's fanboying. I'm sorry, the part- <laughs> she was she was like my competition isn't TV. My competition is the concept of going outside, <laughs> driving, doing your makeup. My competition is reading books and tucking your kids in at night. My competition is everything. Every action that you could be doing that is not watching my program is my competition. And that is what I'm going to be. It would. Everything. That is so Jake Young. Like My competition is being an active participant in your child's life. Loving people. <laughs> Having empathy. <laughs> that is my competition. <laughs> <laughs> At home, Hido gets a call from her mom saying she's on the way home. Hido can immediately tell that she's been drinking and seems disappointed, but she's like, fine, hurry home. But then as soon as she hangs up, it starts raining. At the team dinner, Jake Young goes to excuse herself, but then someone at the table gets a call. There's breaking news. <laughs> Eugene is at the station waiting for the broadcast to start, but right before they go live, the broadcasting team comes storming in, including Jake Young. They're like, no more sports. Real news. <laughs> sports is canceled. Yeah. We said it couldn't happen, but it did. 
<laughs> Yijin is shocked because she's been drinking. She can't go on. But the news begins and Jae Kyung delivers it flawlessly as usual. Hido tries to call her mother, but keeps getting her voicemail. So she decides to try to take the chairs on her own, but she slips in the rain and one of the chairs tumbles down the stairs, breaking apart. She runs after it right as Jae Kyung comes walking up, cheerfully talking on her cell phone about how she was happy to cover the broadcast that night. She looks over at Hido and mouths, what are you doing? Hido just heads inside to go to bed, but her mom stops her. What were you doing out there? You tried to do that alone in the rain? Are you stupid? Hido is very upset. <laughs> saying that, yes, she stupidly cares about those chairs, unlike Jae Kyung. I know that you never keep your word, but you should have come today. If you had time to drink, you had time to do this. Jae Kyung tells her that she couldn't come because she had a news flash she needed to cover. Were our plans more important than that? I may be your mom, but I'm also an anchor who delivers the news. Don't you get it? I thought you'd understand once you grew up, so I wished you'd grow up soon. But you don't care to understand me. You're always ready to be disappointed. Hido just stands there, looking crushed, and then she asks if Jae Kyung wanted her to grow up quickly because of that. She's sorry, but she's still stuck at 13. She can't forget how Jae Kyung didn't come to her dad's funeral because of a newsflash. I just can't forgive you for that, so I'm still only 13 years old. You're right. I don't care to understand at all, because a 13-year-old can't understand these things. Whew. This was a bummer. This was a bummer, and I just kept going, but it was important. <laughs> It really did. Yeah, so then we flash back to 1993 to see this manager guy chewing Jake Young out for her delivery. You're never going to make it, blah, blah, blah. She just started as an anchor and she needs to improve. It's not like she's young. Blah. Uh. Jake Young apologizes and promises she will. A call comes in then. It's the hospital. Jake Young should go right now. At the same time, someone runs in with breaking news. Jake Young volunteers to do the newsflash. The chief tells her to just go to the hospital, but Jae Kyung insists, saying she'll prove herself here. Then we cut to Jae Kyung getting ready in the dressing room. She's crying, but still pushing through, practicing the words. And then we see her on the news in the background of her husband's funeral, which honestly, timing-wise, I did not understand how he went from dying to, like, already got the funeral in, like, a matter of hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really get it either. <laughs> I guess maybe if, like, they were like, well, I know he's going to die, so you just roll him into the casket and it's done. <laughs> but anyway, it's really sad because Hido is like, where's mom? And her grandmother, I think, just says that, like, something urgent came up, but Hido turns around and she sees Jae Kyung on the TV. And you know they never talked about that. Yeah. So back in 1999, Hito explains that she came to appreciate what it meant that her mom wasn't there that day, and it hurt more each year. That's why it hurts the most now. Jae Kyung says nothing and starts to walk away, but Hito calls her out for being uncomfortable for bringing up dad again. You always try to forget him as if he never existed. Jae Kyung explains that she's filled with resentment. She always was as she raised Hito, but she had to avoid it to survive and forget in order to live. She's holding back tears now, and she hides them before, the, before she turns back to Hito, which I thought was a great detail. Mm -hmm. Fine, she tells Hito. I won't ask for your understanding anymore, but don't criticize my efforts of avoiding and trying to forget. And since Hito can't do it, allow me. I will absolutely criticize your efforts of avoiding and trying to forget because, yes, we all grieve in different ways. So stop forcing Hito to grieve like you do. <laughs> I feel that. I also feel like this episode has done absolutely the most to humanize jake young and i appreciated it 100 percent. yeah i guess like that comes up more later so yeah my i don't know it's it like informs this discussion a lot more um yeah so 
Yeah, I guess we'll talk about it then. But like, yeah, I'm like, uh, I still felt that in that moment. <laughs> it was like, yeah, no, like, I, I get I it. Like, I totally get it, Jake Young. Like, that's hard. That is hard. But it's also hard for Hito. <laughs> On a happier note, Yudim yeah. presents Jiung with a bouquet of flowers, telling him that he did well. He was so cool. And all she saw was him. Jiung is as dense as a rock, so he's confused. <laughs> he's like, I haven't performed yet. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> she thinks I it's, can't be there. It's endearing. Yeah. So she's like, well, because I couldn't be there. Here's some flowers now. Jiung walks home with a bouquet and passes a phone booth. He remembers the money he took and uses it to phone a dear friend to help him. It's Yijin. Jiung explains <laughs> the situation about being sad. He can't ask Yudim out on stage. And Yijin is like, good. That would be awful. <laughs> she would hate that. Also, he doesn't care about high school drama and he hangs up. <laughs> I love this. It's like, if you don't care about high school drama, maybe you should stop hanging out with high schoolers. Right? <laughs> Lies. Like, I also, I just love that Jiung's like, my lifeline, my dearest friend, Ijin. <laughs> my only male friend. Yeah. I'm friends with no other members of Jungle Prince. I am only friends with one man. He's the coolest person I know, Ijin. The man my who hangs out enemy, with high schoolers. Ijin, yeah. Yijin then stumbles across Hito digging through the trash outside your home. He calls her name. <laughs> I like that you said it like that. Digging outside the trash at her home. That's how I talk to the raccoons when they dig through the trash. <laughs> These little guys. At your home? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so she turns around, she's crying, and Yijin goes, he goes like full romance novel boyfriend. He's like, what's wrong? Who did this to you? But not, not really. <laughs> He's like a lot more calm. And Hito tells him that her mom threw out the chairs her father made, and she can't find them. And she starts to sob, and Yijin takes her in his arms to comfort her. So sweet. Yijin then takes Hito around town to find the chairs, but they're unsuccessful. So Hito tells him to stop. She tells him about fighting with her mom, and in return, Yijin tells her about how Jake Young saved the day during the newsflash, and how he thought she was so cool. But now he feels badly, because that moment caused her to be sad, so he's torn. Hito remarks that it's strange. It hurt her, but her mother's actions made Yijin dream. That's kind of nice in itself. And she smiles at him. Yijin looks at Hito, and I love how you can just tell how he's impressed with her and how mature her perspective is. <laughs> Which, like, compared with Hito's fight with her mom and how Jaekyung keeps calling Hito childish and immature, and Hito is like, I'm stuck at 13. Like, I think it's just a, another great contrast. Like, we see, like, they see the best in each other. Like, Hito has her most mature moments with Yijin. Because I, I, I feel like that is a really, that's a really hard thing to do, to like be in the midst of a fight of someone and be like, oh no, that thing they did was good. Like, I was like, way to go, Hito. Yeah. And like, very cool <laughs> that you, you, like that they're both empathetic toward one another, towards one another's experiences and the different opinions that they might have about same people. Exactly. About the same people, I should say. Not same people. About same people. Let me just say it one more time. <laughs> yeah. When I think it's like. You know, compared to how much I've been railing on Jake Young, like, it's really mature of Hito to be like, she's like, yeah. you know, she might have faults as my mom, but like, as a person and in her career, she's a really cool person. Yeah. Like, she's good at her job, even yeah. though she sucks as a mom. Yeah. <laughs> Those are apparently mutually exclusive things, according to Jake Young. <laughs> Maybe in the 90s they were. Yeah. She couldn't have it all. She couldn't. Well, have... you know, she couldn't have it all anyway, because her husband's dead. So she can't have a husband. But she could have been a good mom and also a career woman because those two things 
she's already missing one. Exactly. Like, I think, you know, if it were just that Jae Kyung was, like, not always home and busy, okay. But it's so beyond that. <laughs> yeah. It's like when she is home, she's mean. She's antagonistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like her kid. Yeah, that's, that's why her Reasons? <laughs> yeah, it really seems like she does not like Hito. Maybe it's one of those things where, like, Hito reminds her too much of her husband. And so it hurts. I think it is. Yeah, because she kind of hints at that when she's like, raising you is agony. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was a, always a reminder. Like, I have to be strong. I have to keep going. I can't yeah. grieve. But it's like, no, it's not. Like, you you were the one enforcing that. No one asked you to do yeah. that. <laughs> Literally no one. <laughs> Next, we see Hido, piggy bank in hand, at the carpenter's shop. I said that weird, but we're going with it. We hear Yijin voiceover. Piggy bank in hand. <laughs> I liked it. At the carpenter's shop, I think that's what I said. <laughs> uh, and Yijin tells her to make the same chairs her dad made. Hido heads inside and apologizes for flaking on the carpenter. Then she asks him to teach her his ways. She wants to learn how to make chairs. Is there a religious <laughs> allegory here? Mayhaps. <laughs> In our lowest moments, we seek out a carpenter. That man was Jesus of Korea. <laughs> <laughs> we get a happy little montage of the team training with the university fencers the university coach is like oh yeah it's great that your little girlies could come here with my college team i guess there is a little this to learn really funny. from these babies and coach yog is like i literally have the two best fencers in the country on my team shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like i guess you're right <laughs> i thought that was so funny how coach yog was just like are you fucking serious like, I guess you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's packing up when Yijin arrives. He humbly requests to take Yudam and Hido with him. He needs them for some documentary reasons. Coach Yang reluctantly agrees and heads out with the rest of the team. But guess what? Yijin was lying. They're going to Jiung's concert. What a phony. What a, what a fake. I admire him. <laughs> I really do. That's hilarious. He came and he, he told... A bold-faced lie. Is he... it bold or bald? Damn, now that you're asking me. Let me check. Uh, my money's on bold. Bald. Hmm. Bald? Bald. Bald-faced is the preferred term <laughs> in published... Hold on. Yeah, because it's like... Um, if you wanted a... According to Merriam-Webster, if you wanted a descriptor for such a lie in the 19th century, chances are you would have op opted... Chances are you would have opted for bare-faced, or ah. its slightly less common variant form, bare-faced. Lies, and less frequently liars, have been described as bare-faced since at least the 1830s. So it's bald-faced, because you don't have anything on your face. Oh, like a beard? So a bald-faced lie. Yeah, like a beard, or ah. a mustache. Or eyebrows, I guess. Well, I didn't know letting my little mustache grow out would make me more trustworthy. Stop shaving. <laughs> something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you know, guys, you learned something on this podcast. Don't say you didn't. <laughs> but that's funny because, like, you know, you shouldn't start dating somebody if they have a beard. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. You should date them when they don't have any facial hair and that's then they point. can grow a beard later. Yeah. Because then you know what their jawline looks like. Exactly. If the beard makes them look better, great. Mm -hmm. But if shaving makes them look worse, mm. yeah, not good. I'm there. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. 
they arrive at the concert and right off the bat oh i was like because <laughs> i was like a guy like june you know i thought he was gonna like he probably plays the guitar maybe the bass maybe the drums no <laughs> this guy is the freaking lead singer of the band he is and it makes the next 10 minutes just beyond excruciating the secondhand embarrassment was just off the charts for me <laughs> during this really yeah wow. because it hit a lot of boxes like lip syncing awkwardly and also like singing to someone publicly combined with a public display of affection on a grand scale it was just okay. oh rough i feel like i was in the the mindset of an audience member who had no idea what was going on <laughs> because she didn't know what the personal conflicts and interests were of the people on stage, specifically the lead singer. I just did never really, I wasn't like, oh, he's lip syncing. Oh, he's talking to Yurim, even when like I knew he was. I don't know. <laughs> we have Jared Leto on the podcast <laughs> because the method acting here is just amazing. <laughs> I resent that because I personally think I'm a much better person than Jared Leto. I can can tell you for a fact you are. And no offense at all. That's not a terribly high bar. You have, in fact, not started a call in the desert. No, you're a much better person than Jared Leto. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But, uh... I guess I'm a better actor than he is, too, since I put myself into that situation yeah. while I was watching a drama. And you weren't mean to your castmates, unnecessarily. I didn't have to send anybody any gross presents. You did not have to send anyone weird blood things. Gosh, I really just talked a lot about how much I hated him. He was the singer. I just go on about it. So It's really funny. Yudim and Hito, they love it. Especially Yudim. And then Jiung sees her, and he has to, like, take a breath. Fun times. They're dancing. <laughs> Eugene once again, crashing a high school experience. <laughs> Classic. The song ends and everyone is screaming for an encore, encore, because Jungle Prince is that good. They're so good. The most amazing band. Sing it, girl. <laughs> I'm coming for your job, Jiung. Oh, man. Just the entire idea of, like, the school band that, like, is a club that inherits the same songs. It's just funny. It's never not going to be funny. <laughs> the band heads backstage, and Jiung emphasizes that they have to do well at the encore. But then some drama happens, and they lose their guitarist. <laughs> it's just really funny. Like, everything, nothing else counts, just the encore. Just the encore. And, like, Jiung is freaking out because his big romantic plans, they're going down in flames. Yijin saunters in then and starts razzing the critters for playing poorly, but jokes on him because he ends up getting recruited to replace the guitarist. And this is my favorite part because they hand him some guy's uniform and Jiung is like, this is our stage costume. Like, dude, it's just your uniform. I was like, it's the costume of literally everyone at the school. Yeah. Like the next thing we know, Yijin is back on stage, absolutely shredding to starlight. Hito is like, what the heck? Yeah, and he was like, I don't even know that I'm going to be able to remember it. Yeah. And June was like, you will. You'll remember it in your soul. (laughs) Uh, So Hito is like, that's Yijin. And she quickly realizes guitarists are freaking hot. And she has a real (laughs) moment. And Yijin also has flashbacks to the best time in his life, a.k.a. when he was in high school. (laughs) Woof. (laughs) Which also, like, I love because everybody had all these signs, like, 
like, Yijin, marry me. I love you, Yijin. And one of the sides was just, Jungle Prince is here. That's <laughs> like a statement of fact. facts. All facts, no printer. Oh, my God. Jungle Prince is here. <laughs> I just love that idea. Like, yeah, you played. You you were there. Yeah. <laughs> you can't think of a compliment. That's really funny. So you just say the I... situation. <laughs> yeah. Hito thinks the boy who is trapped inside the old tapes is standing before me now. And again, because I'm apparently obsessed with parallels in this episode, I just keep talking about them. It's a good contrast to Hito and Yujin connecting in their professional lives after the Asian games, like when she was on stage and she looks out at him. And now it's reversed and he's on stage and he's looking out at her and they're just Amazing. being like silly youths and it works. And I love yeah. them. I like it. I like them. I like it. Ah. I like it all. After the song, Hito bursts into the green room and asks Yijin what class he was in. He says class six, so she holds out her hand and says, Pek Yijin from class six. I'm not Hito from class who? three. Pa- back Yijin. Back Yijin? <laughs> Mr. Back? Yijin is back. Back Yijin, back. <laughs> she says, let's hang out together. And they like have this whole thing where they run off together and they're running through the school like two little students. Um, but back on stage, Jiung is killing it with an acoustic set. He pauses the song. He has an announcement. He begins by saying that he always wanted to be special to many people. He wanted attention. That was the most important thing. However, he's found something more important. If he can be special to just one person, that's even more important, which I thought was really cute and good character yeah. development. Then he starts to say something, but the mic doesn't pick it up. And then he tries again. And I'm not sure if he actually says something and like the show just cuts out the audio or if he's just mouthing it. I could not tell. I I kind of felt like he was just mouthing it because I feel like there would have been more of an audience reaction if okay. he actually said it out loud. That's true. That's, and that's so true. I was like, and like everybody would have turned to Yurim and been like, uh, what's the answer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good, so maybe he learned when everybody was like, don't do that. He was like, okay, compromise. He was like, I'm just going to make this weird speech and then silently ask the, my already girlfriend out yeah. on a date <laughs> on stage. And then she's going to give the really positive response of, mm-hmm. of like very slight nod. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how he saw it. It was so slight. I was like, is she nodding? I know. And then I literally just started singing again. <laughs> yeah. And nobody was like, that was weird. <laughs> and he even does a little like, oh, like a fist to heart. Yeah. Like a hell yeah. She said yes. So cool. I thought, like, what a weird promposal. Like, I know that's what the kids do these days, mm-hmm. but how weird. Yeah. And, like, just like you said, like, no spoilers, but nothing really changes from this point out. It's like, yeah. <laughs> they're dating. Everything's the same. They just sit a little <laughs> closer sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Hito brings Yijin to the broadcasting room because she wants a live performance of her beloved tapes, the little weirdo. They're both completely surprised to find Sungwon in there already. <laughs> She's there to listen to something while studying. They ask her why she didn't go to the band performance, and Sungwon answers that she truly loves music, so she didn't want to go because of her love. Which was one, hilarious. But also... Yeah, like, what a diss. Oh my god. Yeah, but also part of me was like, I wonder if that's more meaningful? Because, like, I know we talked about, like, Sungwon possibly having a crush on Jiyoon, which, like, that could be part of it. But it could also just be, like, she talks about how... Like, the only thing keeping her alive is Jiyoon. And so, like, now if he has Yudim, like, she might be, like, way more sad about that than she lets on. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I'm losing my one love, like, Jiyoon's antics. 
Now he's a man <laughs> tied down. <laughs> he can no longer be crazy. Yeah, you know, I can no longer feel real human things. <laughs> but Hido doesn't care. She tells Seungwon about how she wants Yijin to do a live reading, and Seungwon is just as in- interested. So Yijin, like, yeah, yeah, he gets please. set up, and he begins, and Hido is immediately like, oh, this is so amazing. Uh, Seungwon <laughs> listens and thinks content like this is something everyone should hear. So she starts broadcasting to all the classrooms in the school where students are studying late into the night. Everyone is shocked, but listens to Yijin's wise words that encourage them to have strength and keep going. Then fireworks start going off. What a night. What a time. It really was such a beautiful night. No Muadam down night. <laughs> yes, thank you, Shiny. Thank you, Shiny. Big ups to Shiny. Big ups to Shiny. Jiung and Yudim find the rest of the gang on the roof, and poor Hido is like, why are you two together? She cannot believe that Yudim actually likes Jiung back. She's the number <laughs> one Yudim fan. <laughs> She's like literally like, how can you go from writer to Jiung? I don't understand. <laughs> You've had the best there is. Yeah, you've had the best there is. Our conversations are unmatched. Yeah, and, and Yudim is like, he doesn't have the best looks, but he's my style. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> and they all step up and they watch the fireworks together and it's another cute, youthful moment that like, mm-hmm. I don't know, all of them, like, I love them, but they make me scared. I'm just like, this is, this is setting me up for something sad. Yeah. And then, yeah, <laughs> speaking of, Jiung is like, these fireworks are so meaningful. And Seungwon is like, who cares? And Hido laughs, saying that Seungwon, she's like, I love your jokes, Seungwon. And Seungwon is like, thanks for thinking I'm joking. <laughs> what? <laughs> Back to the cuteness, Hido turns to Yijin and thanks him for gifting her a day like today. In response, Yijin gives her a little head bump, and they all watch the fireworks together. Later, Yijin goes into the clubhouse and looks at all the pictures. Hido has put her name under basically all of them, except for that one photo of herself. Yijin picks up a pen and writes his name under that one photo. So they each have photos of each other. It was very cute. It's so cute. Hido is continuing her apprenticeship with the carpenter and has just finished helping him make a table. She looks up to see something shocking. The three chairs her dad made. She asks the carpenter, and he's like, oh, you know that newscaster, Shin Jaekyung? <laughs> She's like, do I know her? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, like, the funniest thing is, like, how no one knows Jaekyung as a daughter. I guess, like, she doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so. That's true. Hido heads home to find her mother packing up a bag. Hido asks where they're going, and Jaekyung tells her the cemetery. The cemetery. We're almost there. Hido asks where they're going, and Jaekyung tells her the cemetery. Doesn't she know? She wrote it on the calendar. They head there together and put their offerings in front of his grave. Hido even puts her gold medal, which absolutely tore me to pieces. And I think Jaekyung too, by the looks of it. They start to bow. Once. Twice. But on the second time, Jaekyung doesn't come up. Hido waits. And waits. And eventually, she kneels down to check on her mother and is surprised to find Jaekyung crying. She tentatively... Are you crying? <laughs> Are you crying right now? Are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> Are you? What's going on? Here in the cemetery? <laughs> yeah. She tentatively starts to rub Jake Young's back, who eventually speaks through her tears. She asks Hido if she's really still 13 years old. She wanted to tell her once Hido was all grown up. The truth is, I miss your dad so very much. I miss him so much, Hido. 
Hido is crying too, and she ends up holding Jaekyung, comforting her. And we get a little reminder of Jaekyung's best Stone Cold Mom moments. <laughs> and then we cut to the present, where Min Jae is waiting for her mother and her grandmother to get out of their dual colonoscopies, which was just a really funny detail to conclude. <laughs> it really was. Like, I get that, like, <laughs> really funny. They needed something that would put them under, but, like, yeah i guess they're of a certain age yeah like you can't wait when you get your mother daughter colonoscopies like at least schedule a different day i don't know man yeah uh good for them keep track of your health everybody yeah <laughs> in the room min Chae is waiting for both of them to wake up and she calls out to her mother and hito responds by also calling out for her mother Jae Kyung sweetly responds that she's there and they ask each other if they're okay voices thick with that sweet post colonoscopy bliss Jaekyung promises not to leave Hido, saying that she left her alone too much when she was young. She reaches out a hand, which Hido takes, saying it was okay. Minche watches as the two women hold hands, smiling at each other. And I think all of us at the same time realize that Jaekyung and Hido's relationship is far closer than we thought and has come a long way since 1999. The episode ends with younger Hido voicing over, I love you, mom. Which is cute. I think maybe this is just what happens when you have all of the poop removed from your body. <laughs> it feels so good right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. So clean. But no, I love that Minche is also though. like, I thought you hated each other because I am also yeah. reading your journal and only have the information the audience has. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, audience surrogate. <laughs> so yeah. She's the companion. The yeah. doctor's companion. <laughs> good reference. But yeah, Jake Young, Jake Young, big Jake Young episode. Big Jake Young episode. We found out a lot. Really humanized her. I feel like she's a real character now. She's got to be strong. But underneath, she's like a little sad person who's sad all the time because she can't form a meaningful connection with her daughter because of this roadblock of her husband's death, which she can't get over. It's crazy. Yeah, exa- I mean, I think, yeah, that, that scene at the cemetery was just so good i loved it yeah and i feel like yeah good. she feels like like i was complaining about how like there's nothing's gonna make me like jake young and like i still i still have beef i still <laughs> think what she did was wrong but yeah like i felt like it felt very human like that is a very yeah. human response like that felt like a real person like as a character i think that's amazing like someone totally would you know something as you know impossible to deal with as grief and like losing mm-hmm. a spouse um yeah like, I totally, I, I get her response. I still think, I I think it was wrong. I think it was handled poorly. Like, the bad response. Yeah, I think, like, even, you know, I understand, like, okay, maybe she can't, you know, she just has to cut it off and can't deal with it. Okay, well, like, reach out yeah. to family, friends, therapy, like, do something for your kid, because maybe your kid can't yeah. just ignore it. So it's like, yeah, I think it's a really good character, because it's not like, like, I don't think Jae Kyung is good. I don't think Jae Kyung is bad. I think Jae Kyung made mistakes that are very human. Yeah. For very human reasons. And I like that. I agree. Yeah. But I'm still number one Hito fan, so... Jaekyung, <laughs> still kind of on sight. <laughs> Jaekyung, you're on my list. Yeah. I mean, I just, I was just like, you did a lot of trauma on your daughter there. <laughs> yeah. That was a big there one. There might be some conflict. Yeah, and like the fact that like adult Hito is just like, it's totally fine. And I'm like, is it though? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was like five young, long years of you just being like totally alone with your grief. Yeah. Yeah. But that's mine. <laughs> There's just another scene that was like, ah, this is why this show is so good. Yeah. All right. Is it time for some quotes? I think it might be time for some quotes. Some I only got one quotes. this time. Oh, me too. 
Great. Take it away. You go first. Oh, never oh. mind. <laughs> this is so awkward. <laughs> this is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. I'll go then. I'll go. My quote. Okay. It's from the next episode. Mine too. Wow. And I, I, I've already forgotten the context, but I'm like 90% sure it's someone yelling at Yijin. Okay, and they great. say, darn it, that beanpole. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious because I That's love when really someone funny. gets called a beanpole. <laughs> darn it, that beanpole. My quote is from the next episode, as I already said. Okay, okay. I remember the context because it is one male character speaking to another male character. He says, no one's taught me. I'm a natural like that body of yours. <laughs> I can't imagine who these two would be. <laughs> that was a good scene. Ahead of time. That's a good scene. Good yeah. scene. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Very good. On to episode 12. We start off with Jake Young and Hito riding back in the car from the cemetery, and it seems that all of the issues between the two are momentarily resolved. Whoop. Jake Young says that they should visit her late husband's grave more often, and now she'll make the time to do so. Which, like, big character growth. Yeah. Yeah. She asks Hito how her college applications are going and whether or not she's been offered any scholarships. Hito says that she has, but that she's thinking of joining a professional sports team as they offer a lot of money. Jake Young is shocked by this. How the heck is her kid supposed to earn a living after she fences if she doesn't go to college? Hito's like, I'm not going to stop fencing. Why are you even yeah, acting never gonna like happen. this is a... It's like literally never going to happen. Also, I'm so. apprentice to a carpenter. Ever heard of one? Oh, that's true. Like, she didn't even bring that up, though. Right now, it's just a hobby. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> then at Taeyang High, Hito and Yurim are stretching. And Hito asks Yurim if she would consider going to college on a scholarship as that would take care of the money thing that her family has problems with. What? I hadn't heard about this. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they have some monetary issues, Ugh. for sure. Ugh. Hito says no. No, sorry. Hito doesn't say anything. This isn't her problem. <laughs> Yudim says no, that she might go abroad to earn money on a big international sports team, which I personally am a little doubtful <laughs> that uh, international fencing teams pay a lot of money. I know, and she was like, you gotta go to a different country to make the most money. And I was like, where? Where yeah, is like, fencing literally big? Where? Like, france maybe yeah maybe Where... like no offense fencing is awesome no offense <laughs> but i just maybe i'm ignorant but uh, maybe but i don't i don't seem know like a huge cash cow <laughs> no hito says that changing your nationality for money would feel weird and yudim agrees <laughs> hito does have to consider college because of her mother but she kind of doesn't want to she's gonna have to get at least an 80 out of 400 right <laughs> on her csat which feels impossible Chong is across the room yelling at Yeji, who wants to quit fencing. It's really sad. Um, yeah. And then here's a little diatribe in my notes. One thing that I really love about Netflix is that every time they have been in this gym, they have made sure that we understand that the thing on the wall says, let's go Taeyang High. Yeah. <laughs> That's so and true. During... <laughs> I never Every time. Yeah. Yes. Which and is so during, weird. They don't translate anything uh, else. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do translate something in this scene. And I thought it was kind of ironic. Oh. And so I wonder if that's why they did it. If they were like, oh, this is kind of ironic. Um, So they always make sure that you know that it says that. And during this scene, they make sure to tell you that there's a sign on the other wall that says, 
we're rooting for your hopes and dreams, which feels Ooh. fake in the context of this conversation. Because she wants to yeah. quit, and Coach Young is like, you're not going to quit. The only reason you want to quit is because you suck at fencing, and that's not a good reason to quit. You need to want to quit for a different reason. Like, you're good at fencing, and you don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, um, <laughs> shout out to Coach Young. Fan, disagree, though. Disagree yeah, like, this. I, I disagree very much with this. If she wants to quit, it really is, like, not your business. Yeah, and she, like, makes a good point. Like, I know she says this later, but she brings up the thing that we've brought up a thousand times about, like, it's really weird that they don't go to class. So you basically have to be, like, yeah. 100% fencing. And so, yeah, it yeah. makes sense that a kid is like, I don't want to commit the rest of my life to fencing. It's a good point. Yeah. Uh, so Coach Young is, like, yelling at her, and then uh, she leaves the gym, and everybody goes and gathers around Yeji, who's crying because she doesn't want to fence. Uh, she tells her teammates that fencing isn't fun anymore and that she wishes she could go to classes and also fence so that she could keep her options open at the very least. No. But that's not allowed. Yeah. Because they're on a sports team, they have to go to fencing practice every day, all day. You're either athletic or you're smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. You can't be both at the same time. Nope. Hido and Yurim seem to be the main ones who are comforting her. And Hido says that she didn't know that Yeji felt this way. Yeji decides not to come to fencing <laughs> practice tomorrow. What gave Which, it away when I ran into the middle off. of traffic and wanted to die rather than continue fencing? <laughs> Maybe this is a prison. <laughs> Have you ever? Can I interest you in a radio show? That's so funny. Jung is at UBS waiting for Yijin. He mercilessly hits on his buddy before revealing that he's there to deliver a single photo for Yijin. Mercilessly hits on. Well, this is the time when he's like, I'm all natural, like your body. Oh, I've never seen somebody so beautiful. <laughs> Those are both things that he says. And then he's like, uh, you just got this one photo, and I think it's kind of weird that you got just this one photo. Do you, mm. like, like her or something? Mm. Kind of sus. Eugen is the only one who signed up to get a photo, a copy of the photo of Hito by herself, which Jung says might be a little misleading. Yeah. Eugen is like, there was nobody else who signed up for it, so I signed up for it because I felt like sad. That was so mean. But, like, this is a lie. Yeah, but don't even lie like that, even though it was a pretty yeah. bad picture. <laughs> Jung sees right through this, obviously, and says that he got to ask Yurim out because of the actions of Eugen, so maybe he should ask out Hito. Just do it. Take your own <laughs> advice. Like, they're already dating, basically. That's the theme, Yeah. Yeah, especially this episode. They, like, go on a literal date. Yeah. But then they're just like, bye. Jung has a bag, and he's kind of mysterious about what's in it. He's like, I have a bag. I went shopping. At home, Yijin puts the picture of Hito in a book and then turns on the TV where there's a broadcast reporter talking about the fugitive Shin Chan Wong and his shirt. Great shirt. Which has become a popular fashion item. They call it Shin Chan Wong Syndrome. <laughs> Which sounds like an illness. I feel like this is like the most like Korea thing of like these kids. I cannot believe it. They're wearing this shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were like even war. fake shirts. Even the fake shirts are going like crazy. God is dead. Uh, <laughs> There's no real life. <laughs> so we cut to Jung with his uniform buttoned all the way up as he's walking to school. And he walks and he unbuttons it, revealing his own Shin Chang Won shirt. Oh. 
The school goes wild for this. He is the most popular boy. He did the thing. At fencing practice, Coach Young is mad that Yeji didn't show up. Hito explains that Yeji does not want to enjoy, she doesn't enjoy fencing anymore. She doesn't want to fence. She wants to quit. Coach Young says that part of her job as a coach is to stop people from quitting if they're doing poorly, which, mm, I don't know that that's true. Yeah, that is, again, prison. <laughs> yeah, part of the reason that she wants to quit is because she's doing badly and is in a slump. Hito says that this is not true. The big reason that she wants to quit is because she's not having any fun. And Coach Young is like, well, she's not having fun because she's doing badly. You know that, right? What? Just let her quit. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. Yurim says that as long as Coach Young is not letting Yeji quit, then she will not come to practice. And then she leaves. Hito follows suit. And I assumed initially that everybody would follow suit, but I don't think that they did. Nope. It was just these two standing in solidarity with their friend. Pansies. Uh, yeah, really, though. Strike breakers. To... <laughs> Abs- uh, scabs. These people are scabs. Scabs. Stick um, some newsies on them. <laughs> 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 I'm actually thinking more of the nanny. There's scabs in the nanny? There's not scabs in the nanny, but they go to a restaurant one time, uh, and the waiters are like striking or the busboys are striking and fran is like we can't cross the picket line like i don't i wasn't raised this way i was raised (laughs) to oppose breaking strikes and mr sheffield's like but we have to go inside Ugh. and she's like no what if this was andrew lloyd weber would you still do it then (laughs) sheffield (laughs) these people are striking against andrew lloyd weber you know that right they don't like cats this changes everything yeah he'd be like I'm fully in support of this. I love the nanny. <laughs> it's a good show. It's very good. Uh, so Hiro arrives to class, which surprises her three pals, one of whom arrived at class moments ago, I think. <laughs> Yudim asks what happened, and it's like, you know what happened. <laughs> uh, and Hiro passes her a note that says, quote, actions speak louder than words. You did the right thing. There's this stupid part. I didn't take a note on this. I just remember it because I was like, this is really dumb. Uh, Jung, like, writes a note on his notebook and, like, puts it in front of his face and leans in front of Hito, like, stop looking at her. My girlfriend can only look at me. And it's, the note says, like, only look at me. I fucking knew <laughs> I was he like, was going to do this. As soon as it started happening, I was like, Jung's going to be Jung and get a little teenage boy <laughs> jealous. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, I'm sorry that you're jealous of your girlfriend's girlfriend. Yeah. Also, like, real drama is happening. They've... A strike is happening. (laughs) This is important. A fencing strike. So, Jung and Sungwan are then walking through the halls, sharing a bag of chips. She says that she can't believe that after 12 years of school, they have to go to another school and continue to suffer. Mood. He says that at least they won't have to wear uniforms ever again. Two randos, who I called friends... (laughs) Two friends come up to them in the hallway and comment on Jung's shirt. They say that he shouldn't be showing, that he should be showing it off. They say that he should be showing it off. He slips his uniform shirt off of his shoulders and suddenly that mean teacher comes and is like, this is the most despicable thing. You're wearing this gross shirt of this disgusting fugitive. And as this is going on, Sungwon is worried. You can see it all over her face. She's mm-hmm. worried for her friend's safety because this teacher keeps beating kids up. Mm-hmm. Um, he slaps Jiyoung repli- repeatedly. And Sungwon is like, please stop. 
the teacher stops for a second and she reminds him that corporal punishment is now illegal, which it is. He's like, then report me, call the cops. And she's like, okay. <laughs> she calls the cops right there. This is the most badass thing. Like she just like <laughs> really maintained was. eye contact and was like, yes, we have a zero, teacher who's zero, beating zero, students. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, I, I already loved her, but yeah. Goddess. <laughs> Dare and I so, say Saint. Uh, <laughs> Saint Joan of Arc. Saint Joan. This is like, I think this is where we learn why she's Joan of Arc. Although, based on our conversation, I think she's more of like a newsie, really. <laughs> she's more like Jack Kelly. She's the modern day Jack <laughs> Kelly. I'm putting it out there. A modern day Jack Kelly. Pulitzer Mayo. The world Jack? bloody don't own us. Joan? Joan Kelly? Jack Joan? Maybe. Christian Bale could play both. <laughs> I'd love to see Christian Bale as a Korean high school student. Joan of Arc. He'd probably rather play both a Korean high school student and Joan of Arc more than he wanted to play Jack Kelly. <laughs> the police show up and they're like, why are we here? No. Oh, he assaulted a student? We don't really care. Uh, and they go to the principal's office with Sungwon and Sungwon goes to mediate all this. Uh, the officer and the detective man are kind of annoyed that they've been called away from the police station like this. There isn't really much that they can do as the police, as this matter should be handled by the school. The teacher says that the best way not to get hit is to not do stuff that will lead to you getting hit. Oh. And the police are like, yeah, he's right. The kids these days, they they complain about a little smack. Well, I just think it's ridiculous that they're like, yeah, this is illegal, but the school has to handle it. Like, yeah, then that, like, that's different. That's it's not, not illegal then. then. Yeah idiots uh eugene goes to the police station to chat with the detective when another reporter comes in the reporter is there to confirm some details about this corporal punishment business with his cop buddy eugene overhears that the person who made the report was his neighbor and goes to intervene but is uh unsuccessful they're like ah go away he calls sungwan and she doesn't pick up her phone the reporter goes to taeyang to catch sungwan for an interview she's hesitant rightly so but he assures her that she can let everybody know how bad corporal punishment is. She's unsure that he's really a reporter, and he gives her his card to prove that he is a reporter. She looks at it, and she's like, okay, verifiable. Eugene appears and tells him that she's his cousin. So Eugene is pretending that Sungwon is his cousin, which is not true, but they are neighbors, so close. He continues, <laughs> he accuses the reporter of being a fake, a phony, uh, he accuses the reporter of being a fake and tells Sungwon that he was going to frame the story as though the students were super bratty for calling the cops about being even slightly touched by teachers in an aggressive manner. Mm. Uh, he says that, yes, this is what he was going to do because kids are too soft nowadays. Yeah, what's next? They're babies. They're going to protest yeah. not being able to wear yoga pants? <laughs> Uh, Eugene is like, I graduated from Taeyang High School, so I know that this teacher is abusive, and I know that it's not really the best learning environment that you can go to. They leave, uh, at, and at the bus stop, Sungwon mourns that she can't even make a difference with this. She'll get punished, or it'll get pushed up to the Department of Education and then back down to the school, who will deal with it then, and they won't do anything. She would be doing the interview now if Eugene hadn't shown up, and Eugene's like, that's why you should have picked up your phone. And uh, she's like, well, I didn't know you were calling. I didn't know it was you. I didn't pick up because I couldn't tell who it was. And he's like, I wish. or she. And then she's like, I wish 
that uh, there was some way that you could tell who's calling your phone. And he was like, I don't, because then no one would pick up for reporters. Yeah, And, and she said, I would pick up for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I liked, because I was like, is is someone going to invent caller ID? I, <laughs> like, <laughs> someone's already done that. Like, that's a real person. Yeah. She can't do yeah. that. It was very funny. Also, oh, I'm kind of offended funny. that you just bulldoze right past the legendary yoga pants revolution of our school i did think it was funny newsworthy <laughs> legitimately newsworthy yeah our high school everybody i remember how mean people on the internet were they were like these privileged white kids <laughs> well, are protesting yoga pants when there are so many more injustices in the world it's not important that they can't wear leggings to school for sure i mean out of context it it is hilarious that it's like that was a huge thing and like newsworthy like we were on the news because our school protested not being able to wear yoga pants and it was like all the white girls came together (laughs) unstoppable but you know also like yeah child comfort let it be a thing yeah like student comfort maybe that's a better way to put it maybe (laughs) but you know i mean the way that like yeah they're like they had such antiquated rules and also it's all based around sexism but yeah, I I don't know. I just it's a great memory of like that's, that's what our school was momentarily known for having a yoga yeah. pants revolution. I guess that's better than uh, I think when my siblings were in high school, there was a big national controversy about uh, one of the spirit days. Which oh yeah, wasn't it like people dressed up for poorly? Yeah, wasn't it like gangster or something or? <laughs> I don't remember. It's like ghetto, yeah, something. I mean, I think that's partially... It was, it was something, like, gross. Yeah, I think that's partially why I, like, have fun memories of the yoga pants, because it was, like, it's... it's, It felt like that borderline. Like, it was just trivial enough to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, at the I end of the day, really it wasn't funny in retrospect deal. now, because yeah. everybody, like, nobody wears pants. Like, jeans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, now it's, like... Yeah, obvious and like, it's like high school is wear crop tops and stuff. Like, yeah, so it's like funny that that was even a problem. Yeah, well, I think it's like we got out right before the whole like school shootings became a thing and all that. So yeah, it feels like Way better to go. Times. good on us. Yeah, good on us. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, something we can control. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. A hundred percent. Oh, so Coach Young fusses at her skipping girls. She tells Yeji that she is not allowed to quit unless she makes it to the quarterfinals at a competition to show how determined she is. Coach Yang leaves, and Yeji is doubtful that she can do it. Yoda and Hiro vow to help her. And then a training montage ensues. Woohoo! I loved it. I am a sucker for it training montages. It was fun. They were, like, really helpful and supportive. They were so supportive. It was, it was sweet. Like, when they got a point, and Hiro was like, I'm so excited that you got a point on me. I think that's so cute yeah she's confident in her abilities it was great and like i she became super confident and i like this is where i kind of started worrying like oh they're gonna switch us around yes and like she's gonna win at the quarterfinals and then she's gonna be like fencing is fun again yes and coach yang is gonna be like i told you <laughs> that the only reason you were having no fun is because you were in a slump so this is where i started worrying about this so put yourself in my mental state i i am right there with you <laughs> i was also there easy done yeah. The squad watches the documentary program in their little hideout. Yeah. Hido doesn't feel like she can watch it because she's embarrassed of seeing herself on TV. Yep. And Yurim is like, you're going to get used to it. Oh. Sungwon and Jung are both excited to be on TV. This part is really cute. 
then like the antenna falls off of the TV and they're not on TV anymore. Yeah, which I was like, weren't they supposed to watch like, could they not get a copy from Ejin? I'm sure that they could, but like just bully him and be like, you won't be part of a friend group anymore. (laughs) You adult man. You're going to lose your four friends, your only four (laughs) friends in the world. Back at UBS, Yijin is getting praise for his work. The documentary has been super successful. So that one guy needs to step off, frankly, take a long walk off of a short pier. Go off. Or a short walk off a long pier. He needs to shut up. I I hate that guy. Yeah. Also, like, this is so weird. I I want him to have an unpleasant fall. I'm, I support that 100%. I am manifesting it with you. <laughs> and I was, like, so ready for the documentary to be the the impetus of controversy yeah. to, like, cause something, to be an issue for something. And, like, I was just so ready. Like, the documentary is going to come out because they keep talking about, like, Hito wants to watch it first and blah, blah, blah. Like, I was like, that's going to be a point of conflict. So then it just gets released and everybody's like, oh, we love it. It was great. Woohoo. It's great. And I was, like, so shocked. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was... It kind of scares me, but I, I also liked the show, like, you know, it's keeping you guessing. You're like, not yeah. everything goes bad. Don't, don't, don't think you know where this is going. I think sometimes people just drift apart, you know? That. That's, that's probably more likely. Too. Yeah. I mean, and will almost hurt more because it's real. Yeah. So the documentary has been successful. This is one sentence. And one of his bosses says that his passion for the subject was evident in the project. Mm. Eugene overhears his co-workers complaining about the baseball postseason schedule, which is grueling. Ugh. There are two playoff games scheduled at the same time. He volunteers to go down to Daegu a day early for his fencing gig so he can take notes at the baseball game. He's really stressed out about the reporting in general. Uh, he's not good at baseball. It's not his forte. Uh, he gets flashbacks to the last time that he uh, reported on baseball. And he had to hang up the phone. That's the last time he reported on baseball. Oh, no. It went really poorly. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> um, it's been raining at the game quite a bit, and he is taking notes in his water-based pen. Uh-oh. Rookie mistake. <sighs> and it comes time to actually report the story. He does well initially, and then he starts stumbling over his words and freezes up a little bit. His notebook has been totally wrecked by the rain, but he does manage to recover and report the whole thing basically from memory. Everyone is really impressed. Good job. Uh, also, it sounds like a really intense game, as one of the players uh, attacked some of the fans who were throwing eggs at him. Jose, calm down, my boy. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll throw a bat into the stands. And so he, like, threw a bat at them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was just... <laughs> and, like, I don't know why. It is only occurring to me now that these were probably raw eggs. I wasn't even thinking that these were like Gilmore Girls style deviled eggs that they were throwing at the players. I was thinking hard boiled eggs. Oh gosh, that's a violent that they crime. Were launching these hard boiled eggs at people. But they were probably just normal eggs. But then like why did they have eggs? Were they prepared to throw eggs? They were probably prepared to throw eggs. This yeah. is crazy. Daegu, um, calm this down. Is, like not normal in baseball in america at least honestly it sounds hype though sounds fun uh and so he gets loaded with compliments by his reporter co-worker friends who are impressed that he reported it all from memory which great job guy yeah but the one guy's like you wrote it in a water-based pen rookie mistake 
<laughs> you dumb little baby. Little reporter. <laughs> uh, Eugene goes and cleans himself up, and he's waiting for Hito in a hotel lobby when some French man comes and asks him if he's seen any luggage in the area, but they cannot properly communicate because they don't share a language. Hito arrives, and as we all know, she can speak French, so he, she is like, hey guy, what's the problem? And he's like, my bag is missing. And it turns out that uh, the little hotel lady had the taxi man put it in the taxi so that it would already be in the taxi when he leaves, <laughs> which was very sweet. But also, don't do that. Yeah. But also, like, classic <laughs> French guy, like classic i'm sure you know leaving his suitcase (laughs) thinking everybody speaks french americans we aren't like that i (laughs) no not at all Mm -mm. (laughs) i freaking i want to like tattoo yijin's face during this scene underneath my eyelids because it was so freaking funny how he was just like why the fuck do you speak french (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah uh, Eugene didn't know that she could speak French, obviously, and is absolutely shook. He thinks it's really funny that she can speak French, but has a tough time writing in Korean, <laughs> which he expresses to her. She explains that she learned French when she lived in France as a child, and also that sometimes fencers speak French because fencing is a language. Fencing is a sport, fencing it's not a, a language. language. That uh, is France-based. Frenching. That's something different. It's very French. But... <laughs> she proves she's good at that too at the end of the episode. <laughs> I think maybe she's working on it. Yeah, she's, she's not really good at it. at it yet. There was, you know, it's a it takes two to tango. That's true. And one of those participants was not participating. Yeah. Calling you out. Uh, so they go to dinner where there's an argument between two sets of fans from the different teams from the tigers and the giants giants yeah I think. maybe lions and giants uh, I, I felt like i was watching an aggressive team at yankee stadium where everybody is rude sorry to new york the yankees suck whoa deku is the new york of korea so I've always heard that. Yeah, you know what they say. It's a common turn of phrase. Deku <laughs> is the New York of Korea. Uh, Hito tries to mediate this situation as well. Uh, and the fans are momentarily starstruck as they recognize her as a famous fencer. As a famous fencer from the documentary that they've all seen on TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Yijin guides him out of the restaurant and is like, she's not the person you think she is. These are not the droids you're looking for. Um, and they're like, absolutely she is, but they leave. As they walk back to the hotel, Hito yells about the men fighting in the restaurant. They didn't have the pain of the players who lost and had to endure that whole ordeal. They should step up if they're going to fight about things like this. They're not good at baseball, so like... Yeah, I mean, she makes a no right to talk about this. Um, When they get back to the hotel, Hito clearly does not want to leave Yijin. (laughs) And she's like, oh, uh, Yudam wanted me to get some milk while I was out, so we need to go get milk. And Yijin is like, sure. (laughs) And it's been raining this whole time until they get to the hotel. It's not raining anymore. And, uh... But she's like, we need to stay under the umbrella together. Yeah. I also... It's raining. And he's like, it's not raining. I have this headcanon that, like, 
Hito invited Yudum to go to dinner, but Yudum's wise to what's happening. And she's like, you two can go. (laughs) Be sure to get me some milk on your way back. (laughs) And don't hurry back. Take your time getting that milk. (laughs) Yeah, take your time. Uh, They go back out to get the milk, and they pretend that it's still raining so they can be all snuggly and cute under the umbrella on their way back from getting the milk. Hito says that she isn't competing tomorrow because of her suspension, that three months feels like a really long time. Uh, It's also really challenging for her because you can't be a real athlete and not compete because that's how you judge your improvement. He notes the maturity in this statement and wonders whether she's been this mature the whole time or if this is just a new version of Hito. She's like, it's new and improved me, baby. Yeah. Uh, He wants to be by her side as she continues to grow into a great person. This is the cutest Hito goes inside, and that old boyfriend of hers is outside, Ooh, and was, he's like... <laughs> I was not expecting that. Uh, I wasn't either. Uh, Jung Ho-jin, that's his name, he comes out of nowhere to chat with Yijin. Ho-jin asks Yijin to tell Hito that he is still into her, and that he is still there for her if she needs anything at all. Yijin is like, go away, leave her alone, she's not into you anymore, she's got a new man in her life, it's me. <laughs> Uh, and Hojin is like, I was just trying to figure out, really, if you were the reason that we broke up. I know, he was like, psych, I was playing you, fool. Yeah. I know, I like she, she doesn't like me. You fell for my trap. Yeah. Uh, he keeps calling her cutie pie this whole time. Yeah. And Yujin is like, please don't call her cutie pie. Yeah, me too. Like, I don't, this is not personal. It's just weird in general. Yeah. Uh, we get a flashback to the breakup where Hido tells him that she thinks of someone else more than him. And that that shouldn't be the way that her relationship is. That she should be thinking of him more than the other person. Uh, this makes Hojin kind of mad in present day and he accuses Yijin of toying with Hido. Yijin is personally offended by this and asks if Hojin thinks that Hido is even the kind of person who can be toyed with. He's very serious about her. Hojin says that this is a different attitude than he last saw from Yijin. Yijin says that he used to be okay with her having... Normal experiences, but no more. Only the best for his best girl. Mm. She only deserves the best experiences, and he can give that to her. Nobody else. We cut to Hito being around a corner, listening to the whole thing. And she's like, whoa. Yeah, me too. But I, again. These boys fighting over me. I like that, because, yeah, early on he was like, she she's all about fencing. She's not having these normal kid experiences. I just want her to be a normal kid. I want to take her to the beach. And then he takes her to the beach, and he's like, oh, shit, I'm in love with her. I just want her to have the best experiences. What a, what a glow up. Truly, what a glow up. Also, this has nothing to do with um, anything, but when Hito was, great. like, ready to fight those men and... Yijin was trying so hard to keep her under the umbrella <laughs> at the cost of his own shelter <laughs> so that yeah. she would not get rained on. I thought that was so cute that he was just like, ah, ah. stop. Yeah. Only dryness for my best girl. Yeah, exactly. He was just like, okay, but like stay under the umbrella, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next day is the day of the competition. Everyone is rooting for Yeji in the competition. She succeeds in her goal and quits the team. She wants to maybe try baking, and Coach Yang is like, this is fine. I support you. I feel like, like, this was just the exact opposite of the Coach Yang that we had earlier. 
Yeah, I don't know. Coach Young is a hard person to get a read on because she's a tough nut to crack. Because she's also like super sure of herself and headstrong. So it's like I can also see her pulling some shit like this. And then like when you see it in the moment here, it's like it feels so nice. And it is like, oh, yay. Well, Yeji did learn a lesson and like she didn't end on a low and like she was able to end on a high. But I also think that's (laughs) really like overly optimistic and it's like no sometimes like you do end on a low and you have to call it and like that is okay yeah like I think it's yeah it's it's a like idealized version of quitting which I think is like kind of not fair to like sometimes it's okay to just like quit because something isn't fun and you're doing poorly at it it's okay it's totally fine and you don't need to like there doesn't need to be five million reasons for you to quit yeah like it can just be that you're having no fun yeah, because inevitably, like, you're, it's, like, a part of life that you're going to quit at something and you're going to kind of fail at something. And I really liked, like, the way they had Yeji portray it, like, with, like, I think a lot of poise and, and empathy. And, like, it, yeah. was, it was a really beautiful thing to show. And, like, they touch on it more later. But, yeah, it, this was just a weird, yeah, like, see, aren't you glad I forced you to continue training for extra months that you yeah. could have been looking into the real thing that you want to pursue? Aren't you glad? Yeah baking yeah um i did think it was also sweet uh because coach young was like do you want to keep going like you've made it to the quarterfinal you want to keep going and she was like no because other people want to be here way more than i do and i yeah i don't want to take that away from somebody else um and then i also thought it was sweet that uh coach young was obviously really touched by this whole situation and that you know one of her babies was flying away she yeah. said no more and she turned around and she cried yeah that was super sweet that like, was the sweet handshake the handshake really got me yeah she's like okay i respect it i respect your decision yeah it was it was sweet um at school the sungwon is called in the counselor's office by that awful teacher mr so he plays her a clip of her pirate radio show where she talks about the situation with jung and calls him out by name uh oh. Uh, he demands an apology in written form and also verbally in front of everyone in the school. Sungwon finds this unacceptable and decides to quit. Wow. She says, "I'm done with school." Wow. Uh, <laughs> this kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, but like that's what I love about Sungwon, and she's just like, "All right, I've made up my mind. I'm doing this." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she goes to her mom at home and Ugh. says that she's gonna quit and take her GED. And her mom is like so supportive. She's like, I, like, I, I feel sad for you, but, like, I support you. Uh, she encourages someone to be a little more flexible as she shouldn't be in a situation where she can only break in this harsh, harsh world. Yeah, and then when Sungwon is like, I understand, but I can't do that yet. Like, that yeah, that like, got me, like, In this sobbing. situation, I can't. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, I think... It was just such a wonderful sentiment and I think like was such a beautiful like tribute to someone's character and like it's been building so well to this moment of like because it is true it's like I think like there's a lot of times in life and like it's expected like maturity is bending to like the rules of society and like doing the things you're supposed to do like that is such a part of like growing up and so I love that it's like there is kind of this like youthfulness in like a wonderful way to like sticking your ground and being like no I'm I'm going to break in this moment. And, like, inevitably, inevitably you are going to break in some moments. And, like, I just... That's true. Yeah. And, and, like, that she had the support system. It was... It was... It was just so beautiful. I love the end of, end yeah. of this whole... This whole thing was great. 
<laughs> I'm gushing. I'm gushing. <laughs> so the next day, Sungwon calls her pals to the clubhouse and tells them that she's quitting school. June calls her outside to chat about this whole situation, and he says that she shouldn't quit, but should reconsider whatever Mr. So has asked her to do. She tells him what his demands were and that she finds them pretty ridiculous and that she's not going to do it because it's embarrassing and gross that he even wants her to apologize because mm-hmm. it's his fault. Mm-hmm. She says that she'll be fine even if she does quit school. He breaks down and says that the only weakness that she has is that he is her friend. Oh! <laughs> she says that it's fine uh, and that, you know, she would have killed herself out of boredom if they hadn't been friends and he hadn't been as goofy as he is in the first place. Oh. She cries or he cries and she comforts him. She's like, it's fine. I'm fine. It's all going to be okay. Uh, then Sungwon's mom, our powerful queen, oh my gosh, comes yes. to school and yells at the teachers. <laughs> yes! She's like, you guys are awful. Give me the papers. I'm going to file a complaint with the Parents Association and I demand an apology for my fake son, Jung. Yeah. He has been like a sung to me for a uh, sung. I he sung about him like all the time. He sung in the jungle for prince. all these years. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? Did you know that he sung in the jungle prince? <laughs> he sung in the jungle prince. Um, and uh, they're all kind of taken aback by this. They're yeah. like, whoa. And <laughs> someone's like, my mom is cool. I loved that. That was uh, like, yes. Women, like, showing up and just, like, tearing shit up. Do it. Like, yes. I love good moms. <laughs> yeah. And again, like, I always, I'm the parallel lady. Um, You know, <laughs> back to Hito being like, I'm not going to apologize to something that I did not do wrong. Like, I, it's not going to happen. And, like, yeah. the fact that, like, now Yudim has learned that. And, like, she led that protest. And now we have Sungwon doing the same thing. Like, nope. I'm not apologizing when I did nothing wrong. And I, I love, like, that these three characters kind of have this parallel arc of, like, standing up for All themselves. All these strong, powerful girlies standing exactly. up for themselves and what they believe in. Yeah. Yeah. Sungwon goes to class and cleans out her stuff. Uh, everybody is upset that she's leaving. The whole class is really upset. She demands to be invited to the class reunion, even though she's not going to graduate with them. And they're like, of course we'll invite you. We all love you. Uh, she's like, I would have done a really good graduation event. Because they're all like, the thing with the fireworks was amazing and so beautiful. The speech with the fireworks in the background, it was just beautiful. We'll all miss you so much. Yeah. She meets Yeji on her way out when they are both at the gates of the school. They both quit things today so they can relate to each other. Yeah. And they're like, it's nice to meet you for the first time ever. Yeah, it was a really touching moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did think it was funny that someone was like, oh, are you on the fencing team? Yeah. <laughs> like, you must know my, my two friends. Not anymore. <laughs> what I like. And he's like, I'm not anymore. Yeah. I quit. <laughs> and, like, it, it was like, because, like, Sungwon quit something because she couldn't break. Like, she, or she yeah. couldn't bend. She had to break. She like, couldn't she bend. refused yeah. to submit. And then I like that Yeji had her own little rebellion by kind of breaking in her own like she broke by quitting mm-hmm. like i think it was like a nice kind of it was showing that like you can you can stand up for yourself both by like literally like standing up for yourself and being like i'm not gonna do this but also by being like i'm i'm going to bow out like i'm going to quit like i'm not mm-hmm. gonna like it showed two different sides i thought it was nice yeah 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 it 
was good. This was this was good. I, I guess the, a more eloquent way, perhaps, to put it is Sungwon okay. persevered, and Yeji <laughs> quit. She also persevered. Yeah, that's true. I guess she rose to meet the challenge that was presented to her. Yeah, and she learned the value of friendship. Yes. Someone also did that, though. They just did the same thing, but in different ways. Yeah, I guess it's like Sungwon refused to stop like standing up for her yeah. beliefs. Like, I'm still going to do my radio show. I'm still going to call out people. Whereas, like, Yeji, it was like, I'm, I'm going to stop. Like, I insist on stopping. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fun. It was nice. I cannot keep going. The gate is locked, so they decide to climb over. Yeji's like, I was an athlete, so I will help you over the fence. Was. And uh, someone is like, Taeyong keeps putting obstacles in our way. Like, Taeyong is an obstacle that we can never overcome at this point. Like, what's going on? Taeyong, man. Um, on the other side of the fence are Hito and Yurim, who are waiting with a cake to congratulate these two friends on their new beginnings. Yeah, I love how they're like, we locked you in. <laughs> it was us. yeah how (laughs) yeah like where'd they get this chain from it was locked from the inside (laughs) it was um then we have a little time skip just a tiny little baby time skip uh and yujin and sungwan and yurim are waiting for hito and jiung to take the csat i wrote leave jiung out (laughs) no this is what i wrote I did leave Jiung out, but I put Yurim in there twice. Oh, Yurim and Yurim. I mean... Yeah, Yurim and Yurim. She's worth it. Uh, so, Yijin, Sungwon, and Yurim wait for Hito and Jiung to take the CSAT. Um, they're like, way to go. You're gonna do amazing. Yeah. We're cheering for you. Uh, Yurim gives Jiung a fork with a ribbon. I have no guesses. <laughs> Zero guesses. <laughs> Maybe during lunch break, it's like a lucky fork to eat your lunch. Maybe. Maybe. Like, Uh, spear the (laughs) question. Spear the competition. Maybe. Stab it. Maybe. Uh. Anyway, at that point, Hido's like, where's my fork? And Yudam's like, I don't have one for you. Uh, And Yujin is like, here's your little energy drink to get you through the day. Love ya. Yeah. Also, he's wearing Uh, a turtleneck. Under a shirt, under oh, a jacket. He? Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so then we have another little tiny time skip where Hito is watching a report about Y2K on TV. You knew it was going to happen. About the, it had to happen. The new millennium. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, and the gang gets together at Eugen's house when he, then then Eugen arrives at home. So they're there without him. It's New Year's Eve and they're talking about the possibility of the end of the world because... You know, I was alive in 2000 and also in 1999. (laughs) However, I was a child and didn't realize that there were people who thought that the world was going to end because the computers were all going to go to zero, zero, zero. Yeah. And so they're talking about, like, the possibility of the nukes all setting themselves off and, like, the computers are broken. A topic near and dear to our heart right now. Yeah, but it was just, like funny yeah like in that like this is why why would this happen 
I didn't get it. They didn't know what would happen. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but everyone leaves. Uh, oh, no. They talk about the possibility of the end of the world and decide that it would be best for everyone to go home and see their last moments with their families. Uh, everyone leaves except for Hito, whose mother is still at work in case of a news flash, like maybe the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> How would that work? Hi, I'm uh, Shin Jae The world has ended. Where's my daughter? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Before Jung leaves, he goes, see you next year. If there is one. <laughs> and then he leaves. Hito and Yijin sit and watch the New Year's festivities on TV. He asks if she has anything she wants to do before the world ends. Mm. She says no. Mm. As the countdown to a new millennium goes on, she kisses him. Mm. In a voiceover, she notes that the kiss... That that at the beginning of the kiss, she was 19, and that at the end of the kiss, she was 20. Legal. It's a new year and a new century, and she guesses she wanted to change herself. She wants to have a change for herself, I should say. And this was the end of the episode. That was a long kiss. I'm not complaining, but... It really was. But it was, like, one of those weird kisses. It was. That they always do in K-dramas, where one person kisses the other person, and the other person is just, like, there. So... Because this is TVN, I think I'm going to go ahead and say that this was intentionally awkward. I think they're going to give us some good kisses, but I think they wanted this to be awkward. It's my hope. It was a little awkward. Yeah, because it was clearly like Yijin was like, what the fuck? And just didn't know what to do and just sat there. And so Hito, of course, didn't know what to do. So she just sat there. I am getting kissed. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow also I was like, it was cute. I liked it. I watched it twice. What can I say? (laughs) crazy and when like Jin like looks at her afterward okay yeah okay this is a good time um someone's perm i feel like that that needs a shout out (laughs) yeah for her way to go sis everyone gets a boyfriend she got a perm love it she did she's married to her weird hair now yeah (laughs) this was a good one again like this one might i say this like episode 12 might be my favorite episode so far um really wow yeah i liked i loved the the scene with someone and her mom man i don't know it just really got me that was a good scene and someone in general i think she's i just like i appreciate it when the maternal figures in the show like come to bat for their kids or for other kids yes which i guess we've had with all of the maternal figures except for eugen's mom at this point yeah, yeah. And I like that and it's showing... And Jiwoon's mom, who's not a character. Yeah, Yijin's mom is the weakest, I think, of the... She's definitely, like, a purely yeah. comedic character, basically. She's sad girl cry cry. Yeah, but I think that's something that, like, I don't... I don't feel like a lot of people talk about, I say, as I <laughs> have a podcast. They, like, this shows... It shows a lot of different kinds of maternal love. I think that was a really good point yeah. you made there of, like... It, like, all of these moms have stood up in a oh, different way you. and have, like, different relationships yeah. with their kid. But, yeah, all of them are very compelling. And, like, the kids around them also. Because, like... Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, Jae Kyung is not the best mom to Hido, but she's, like, a good maternal figure at work for Yijin. Good point, yes. And, like, Yurim's mom... Yeah, yeah. ...kicks it out of the park for all of the children she encounters. And like and someone's mom, mom is yeah. like the same. Being like, I adopt Jiung. He is mine. I will protect him <laughs> yes. to the death. Yes, I will kill anyone for my two children and also my neighbor. 
women being women we love it so good episode looking forward to the future you know yeah now i'm starting to doubt are we really gonna have a time jump am i wrong i think you might be it was in the show description maybe it'll be i think i don't know i don't know and then like i had the thought it's in the title i know that this is 21 (laughs) i know I had the thought that this might end up being, I know that like they can tie it up in four episodes, obviously, because oftentimes that's the way K-dramas go, that they just wrap everything up really quickly. But I also thought like, since this is a Netflix co-sponsored thing, that they might decide, hey, we can have two seasons of this. Yeah, it's possible. I think the only Because, like, Love Alarm did that, where it, like, legitimately had a first season that did not wrap up. But it was based on a webtoon. Yeah. So, like, we don't have source material here, so it's hard to know. I don't know. That would be really weird. That'd be so weird. Yeah. But it's possible. No, I agree that it would be weird, but I I think it it could be possible. Yeah, it could be. I don't know that I really want it, but also if it, like, wraps things up better, then I absolutely do want it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we're on a trajectory to an ending just have to see yeah i just don't um know that i'm gonna get all the answers for the questions that i have i agree because like the pacing now makes me think that like they fall in love at 25 21 and stay together like and that's why we don't spend much time there because it's just them reconnecting and then we cut to the future but everything in the future well what's really the present Makes me believe that's not true because I don't think that yeah. Minche's dad is Yijin. No, because she's just a very it. unaware child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe Yijin, no, maybe Minche is adopted. Maybe she's not actually Hito's child. <laughs> and she just is like, she's really like Yurim and Jiyoon's child. And like, they're just off on a vacation or something. And so meanwhile, she's staying yeah. with Hito and calling her mom. <laughs> But then, like, one thing that I find puzzling, I know that, like, things continue to film, like, really close to the release dates, but, like, on March 3rd, God, who is it? Who who the frickle frack is it? Um, June got COVID. Oh, June got COVID now? Yeah, and I think that they had to, they had to, like, pause again. No... Which, that was only 25 days ago at this point. Well, it's only Jiyoon 25, 21 days ago. They'll replace him with Gongyu. It's fine. I like that there's a campaign of people who think that Gongyu will be older Yijin for absolutely no reason other than he I think posted that's a funny picture too. of himself watching it and was like, thumbs up, good show. And everybody was like, he must be older Yijin. <laughs> well, hold on. By that logic, we can conclude that Jungkook is going to be older Yijin. That's true. Maybe he'll be 25, Heejin. They have to have a different actor for every time point. Yes. That would be Big so agree. weird. That would be really funny because he posted some praise. Yeah, he was laughing it up. That would be, uh, that would be funny. Like, it's, I can't criticize it. I can't say no. <laughs> All I know is... It's possible, but hopefully the show can't totally tank in four episodes because for the 12 that I have seen, it is excellent. Yeah, no, it's been great. I also hope that it won't tank in the last four episodes. 
with my whole heart. Me too. Hope it'll be good. I think it probably will be. I think it'll so. Be no problem at all. No problem. Easy. We'll wrap it up. No problem. Yeah. And I mean, if it doesn't do well, then I guess you have the rest of the show to go back and watch and enjoy because it's been great so far. Exactly. A real Game of Thrones situation. Yeah. You can just make up a new ending. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. You can stop at season four. Someone hears some bells and goes crazy. (laughs) Murders Murders everyone in Seoul. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, Join us next week as we discuss episodes 13 and 14 of 2521. Uh, If you want to, you can follow us on Twitter. You can also join our Discord server. The Discord server is linked in the Twitter bio and also in the description of our podcast as a whole. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Uh, That is at DramatizedPod. D-R-A-M-A-T-I-Z-E-D. P-O-D. <laughs> yep. On Twitter. Yep. <laughs> on Twitter. Not on podcast service. You just type in dramatized to K-pop. In my work. Or a K-drama podcast. <laughs> what did you say? A K-pop podcast. Oh. Sometimes. When a I, K-podcast. I, I insert Jungwoo into the, <laughs> the cast list. <laughs> this 25-year-old Yijin. <laughs> Which, like, wouldn't really make a lot of sense, I don't think, would it? Yeah, no, it, it would wouldn't. not make any sense at all. <laughs> no, but I, maybe he will be. Who knows? You never know. You just don't know. You can follow us on TikTok, too. You That's can. another place you can yep, follow us. Yep. Uh, it's the same. It's the same thing as Twitter. So uh, It might be Dramatized Podcast, actually. It but might be Dramatized you'll, you'll Podcast, get there. actually. You'll get there. Thanks, Lisa. Oh, I meant like sure. the audience will get there <laughs> when they if they you just search dramatized pod, you'll probably still get there. <laughs> yeah, you can just search up dramatized pod on TikTok as well and it'll it'll pull up because pod is the first half of the word podcast practically. <laughs> Thanks for explaining. Uh, <laughs> just lost on that one. That's how spelling works. Good job, Allison. So anyway, thanks for listening. Join us again next week. <laughs> <laughs> the energy on the freeze frame. <laughs> Cue the music. Bye. Bye.